Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Uh, So I think that for a lot of us, um, we tend to measure influence and impact by, you know, how many and how much. How many followers do I have? How many comments does this get? How many shares uh, did this post receive? And and what you see in the life of Christ is... um, you know, there were crowds around him often, but he almost went out of his way to see the one person in the crowd and give his attention to that one person. Now, influencing just one person at a time may seem insignificant at first look, but today's guest, Kyle Eidelman, is giving us a new perspective. He's an author as well as a pastor, and today on Connections, he's going to show us the Jesus way of changing the world by loving people one at a time. We're joined today by author and pastor Kyle Eidelman. Tell us a little bit about you being a pastor. You're a pastor at one of the largest churches in the U.S. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm a pastor at a church in Louisville, Kentucky. Originally, I was a church planter in Los Angeles and then came out here uh, to be a pastor in Kentucky. I I have loved it. Uh, One of the reasons that I love being a pastor is really connected to um, the book one at a time as just being able to have kind of a front row seat to see how um, God works in people's lives. And and so every day I get to do that, get to wake up and uh, hear stories of um, re- redemption and stories of transformation. And um, it is by far my favorite part of of pastoring. Now, the book is called One at a Time. You use that phrase a lot, one at a time. When you say one at a time, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so if you read through the Gospels in the New Testament, if you study the life of Jesus, one of the things that's a little bit surprising is that there's so much content, so much real estate in those books that is committed to telling one-at-a-time stories of Jesus interacting with people one person at a time. And I guess what's surprising about that is there's never been anyone who's had um, the kind of impact in history that he's had, but his time on earth was relatively short and he spent a lot of it just talking with people one-on-one. Uh, so I think that for a lot of us, um, we tend to measure influence and impact by, you know, how many and how much, how many followers do I have? How many comments does this get? How many shares uh, did this post receive? And and what you see in the life of Christ is, um you know, there were crowds around him often, but he almost went out of his way to see the one person in the crowd and give his attention to that one person. And, and so I, I think, you know, culturally, it helps us understand how we can influence and impact people, um, how any one of us can. Like every day we have those one at a time opportunities, and it may not seem significant, but that is ultimately you know, how impact is going to be measured. I think most people, if they talk about um, how their life has been changed or, you know, these transformative moments in their lives, I think most people are going to point to one person, you know, at Hmm. a certain time in their life that encouraged them or challenged them or invested in them in some way. This is good for me because I'm trying to build my TikTok following the last couple yeah. of months. So, <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> I'm a little too old. Maybe. Man, but, I admire well, you. I admire the effort. Interesting. I do get the best responses when I post things about faith, actually, right? Instead of okay. trying to be funny or goofy. And yeah. uh, as you were talking, though, I was just thinking like the story of Zacchaeus. And there were huge crowds, obviously, because Zacchaeus had to climb a tree to see Jesus, right? Yeah. So there's all these people uh, trying to see Jesus. And then, yeah, Jesus goes out of his way, like you say, to have that one-on-one conversation with Zacchaeus. 
changed his life forever. Yeah. And, and that's actually, that's a great example because when Jesus, you know, sees him, he's seeing someone that other people would have avoided, you know, mm-hmm. because he was a tax collector and uh, they didn't necessarily want to be seen with him. And Jesus not only sees him, but then says, you know, I'm coming over to your house. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the type of person that Jesus went out of his way to uh, give attention to. In fact, there's a phrase in the Gospels that is used over 40 times. It just would be uh, Jesus saw, or sometimes hmm. he saw using the pronoun. But, but it, it often began with, you know, Jesus seeing the one person. And, um, and so one of my prayers on a daily basis is, you know, God, give me your eyes today for the one. Help me to see people the way you see people. Because I, I think that, you know, Jesus, he had a way of being able to see that person and um, at, at just the right time in their lives and, and invest in them. And, and I know those people are around me, but I need to have eyes to see them. How do we start looking at the world in that way one at a time? That's uh, going to be challenging for a lot of people out there. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I find it helpful to kind of reverse engineer in some ways people have done that for me. So let me give you an example of that. When I was in like the eighth grade, uh, I had a Sunday school teacher who was an accountant and, um, you know, I don't remember him being an especially great, insightful teacher. Uh, you know, I probably was in eighth grade, not paying attention. He may have been awesome, but I don't remember that about him. I do remember that after class one day, you know, he had me stay back um, and he just spoke some things into me. He said, hey, I, I see some things in you. I see that you're a leader. I think God's going to use you in these ways. And as an eighth grader, having somebody kind of go out of their way to say some things to me at a time in my life where I didn't sure didn't feel that way and I didn't have other people saying that to me made a huge impact on me. Now, that he probably did that for every kid in the class, right? Like, I, I don't know that there was anything special about me, but he, he took the time to give that kind of attention to me, and it really impacted me. I, I, I think of uh, a neighbor I had, Mrs. Knapp was her name. She's an elderly widow. Uh, in an elementary school, she let kids from the neighborhood come into her house, and she'd give, she had a freezer full of popsicles she'd give us a popsicle and we'd sit on the floor of her family room while she'd read us a a bible story or she i remember one time she taught us like a song and you know those things may not seem that significant but they were they were significant to me and i think i think that most people have had those opportunities and if you if you see that in your life it makes you more um intentional to be aware of that with other people. So I think that's helpful. I also think, you know, I mentioned earlier, just praying a prayer, but I, I do think this is the prayer that God always answers in the affirmative. Like if you say to him, God, today, will you show me someone, you know, a son or a daughter of yours that needs to be seen and cared for? I think most of the time he's going to answer that with a yes. Um, so I, you know, beginning, beginning with prayer and then, you know, looking for small moments um, to make a difference. That's really interesting. I actually had one of those the other day, but then I got freaked out and ignored it. But I was just walking <laughs> through the mall and I heard this lady just with a really heavy sigh. And I was like, 
I wonder what that size about. And I, I wanted to ask, are you okay? Can I pray for you? Do you need anything? But I got chicken, right? How do we, <laughs> how do we follow through on these moments then? Yeah. You know, I, I'd say a few things. One is if you look at the gospels, you know, you see that phrase Jesus saw, but then the second thing you see in those stories is the word compassion that shows up. Ah. And um, compassion is the most commonly uh, ascribed emotion that uh, we have for Jesus in the Bible. So most of the time, our emotions are based upon our own lives, right? Like if I'm sad or angry or happy or whatever, it's based upon things that are happening to me in my life. Compassion is a different kind of emotion because it's it's based on on what's happening to someone else in their lives. Uh, but but I feel it, and and Jesus was um, all, all often described as a. a a person of compassion. And, and so I think compassion comes with empathy. It comes when we stop and we think about, okay, what's it like to be this person? We, we put ourselves in their shoes. Compassion happens when we listen to someone enough to understand their story, um, you know, where they came from. So, you know, one of the ways to do this is, you know, when you feel uncertain in a situation, but you f- feel somewhat led to it, to encourage someone or talk to someone or help someone is to ask a question or two, because what that does is it not only builds a relational bridge, but it also changes your heart a little bit, gives you a little bit more um, courage. The more, the more you understand where someone's coming from, the more you recognize a need and feel uh, uh, competent in doing something about it. So I think growing in compassion. Um, The other, the other thing I think that helps with this is if you will read other read or listen to other people who do it well like um you know we have a an app that we use at our church um one it's it's called one at a time um but but we on there we share stories with each other Mm. about how god gives us these opportunities and i'm telling you you know reading other people's stories of how they leaned into those moments is inspiring you're like oh okay well if they did it there then i can do it here and and so letting your heart be encouraged when you see that uh, from other people, I think I think spurs us spurs us on individually. You mentioned a little bit there about how the church is intentionally practicing one at a time, but your church is extremely large. Do you feel that you're still able to practice one at a time? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's one of the reasons why we use the languages as intentionally as we do is because it, you know, in a, in a larger church or any, you know, anytime there's a lot of people together, it's easy to, uh, to miss the one. And and so we underline that intentionally so that it, you know, that stays at the forefront of, of our mission that we don't lose sight of that. that. It doesn't turn into, you know, a show for a crowd, but that, you know, that we're on mission to love and care for people one at a time. So in, in some ways, the larger you are, I think the the more intentional that you have to be in uh, pointing people to that. The The beautiful thing is when when you get a hold of that, um, you know, the the ripple effect of it or the the measured impact becomes pretty significant. You know, in other words, if I if we have thousands of people in our community who are, are really working to see their, you know, see the world through that lens, uh, that's going to be felt uh, and, and impact's going to be had. So it's a, it's a challenge, but it's also a great opportunity for us. You have the app. What other ways are you uh, intentionally practicing one at a time at your church? 
you know, one of the ways that that we help people with this is giving them opportunities to um, to to serve, giving them opportunities to give. Get, you know, if you kind of unleash people into the world on their own, they'll have those opportunities. But man, it, it's really helpful if. Uh, you know, if they can say, okay, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to do this for an hour uh, working at the, you know, the, at this community center or at this shelter or, you, you know, so getting to, getting to practice it in a more formal way allows us to put it into practice more informally. Uh, you know, if I'm volunteering, you know, at, we have a place in town called Love City, you know, that, uh, that cares and provides um, educational opportunities for, you know, underprivileged kids. If I'm, if I'm doing that an hour or two a week, then it's going to change how I am the rest of the time, right? Like it, 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 it allows me to, uh, to grow in that discipline. So we try to give people opportunities to, to serve as many as possible to jump in and be a part of the mission. Don't just be, you know, don't just be um, an audience, uh, but be a participant. Don't just sit in the stands, but get in the game. And so, um, you know, finding those opportunities and doing it formally will help help you live that out um, every day. Before before the book one at a time came to be, this was an awesome sermon series, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm just <You> know, guessing. <laughs> well, or was it? <laughs> you know, I would say that I didn't have it as a actual sermon series, but the idea certainly was. You, you know, a part of most, not most, but, uh, you know, a, a large amount of our messaging was, mm. hey, love people the way Jesus loved, right? Like that's, <laughs> there's something wrong if you're, if you're preaching uh, on a regular basis, and that is not a, a regular theme of your mm. series. You know, Jesus said in John 13 to his followers, yeah, a new command I give you, love as I have loved you. And that's really what we're talking about here. So it has since become a sermon series, Mike, but it, it didn't nice. quite start that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are some of like, as you've um, focused on this as a congregation uh, and as a pastor, and you're thinking about this a lot, like what are some of the uh, spiritual hacks that you've discovered to do this? Tell us. Uh, so a few things is if, if you focus a lot on, okay, God, what do you want to do through me? That's not bad. Um, I mean, a prayer of God, what do you want to do through me today is a good prayer. But more often than not, it comes out of what he's doing in you first. So one of the things that we've really tried to focus on is to say, okay, God, what do you want to do in me? How can I grow in what you're to, trying to accomplish in me? And then watching how he takes what he does in you to accomplish his work through you. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but what we can sometimes do is get very preoccupied in the production side of it. Like, okay, what's, what boxes do I need to check today um, so that I could live this out? And it's not that that's bad. It's just that it begins with, you know, an inner work. Um, I'm thinking of Mark chapter one, where the Bible says that Jesus went off by himself to a quiet place to pray. Uh, to spend time with his father, the crowds come to him um, or come to the house where he was staying. They've got all kinds of expectations for him, but Jesus is off by himself spending some time alone with God. And so when he comes back to people, he, he's not empty. He's not drained. Like he's taken time to fill back up. And, and there's a, there's a correlation here. Like the, sometimes we lack the emotional energy <laughs> to, to help 
care for people or invest in people or be present with the people uh, in our lives. And what is needed is actually some time without the people. It's some time alone with God being intentional uh, to be filled up. So, you know, that, that might feel a little counterintuitive, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's like the old metaphor of, of, you know, if you're going to cut down a tree, you spend quite a bit of time sharpening your saw first. And, um, and we've just discovered that the more intentional we are to, to spiritually care for ourselves, the more present we can be in um, the one at a time opportunities that we have. That's a great point. I often find like times of life where I feel like I'm not being as productive as I can be and not a great uh, husband or dad. I'll stop and I'll look at my prayer journal and, oh yeah, there's been no entries for 20 days now or something, right? And to refocus that intentional time of quiet and prayer really strengthens you. Um, What are you hoping people take away from this book when they pick it up and read one at a time? You know, more than anything, um, I'm hoping that there'll be stories, right? Like, I, well, let me go back to compassion. When it says Jesus had compassion in the Gospels, there's almost always an and that's connected to that. Jesus had compassion and he did something. You know, he fed or he, he healed or he prayed. And, and my challenge for anybody who's reading this book or a book like this is to not just learn, but to, you know, have a story to tell. Like, I so want my life to be marked by, hey, I got to tell you this story about and and be able to share, you know, some things that happened that week. Um, and, and so my, my prayer for the, for the book would be that it would result in, um, in followers of Jesus being able to tell stories, share names of of people that they've been intentional to love the way that Jesus has loved them. I want to backtrack just a little bit since introducing this new perspective and this new way of looking at things to the congregation in your church. Have you seen a change? Yeah. You know, one of the ways I've seen a change is in what we celebrate. Um, You know, in, in a church, it's easy to kind of celebrate, you know, how, and it's true any, in any kind of, of, of uh, organization, honestly. Like, it's easy to celebrate, like, how many people came or, you know, whatever. But being able to celebrate um, a story, being able to celebrate um, when someone kind of goes out of their way for someone else. Um, you know, on staff, we work really hard at you know, that's what we give our attention to. That's what we want to, we want to celebrate more than anything else. Uh, One of the, one of the things that our staff focuses on and um, it's this idea that, you know, practically speaking, we sometimes approach, you know, people in the church of uh, by saying, well, if we can't do it for everyone, we won't, you know, we can't really do it for anyone. We, we don't make exceptions very well. But the gospel would say, you know, we want to do for one person what we wish we could do for everyone. And, you know, I, I really think that's helpful in our personal lives, too, is, you know, we look around at, at needs or challenges. We're aware of, you know, maybe someone in our neighborhood who's going through something difficult or someone at you know, the store who's financially struggling. But we're just so surrounded by it. It's on the news. It's on our feeds. And, and so it feels overwhelming and and. Um, doesn't feel like we can make much of a difference, but, but if we can, if we approach it of, I'm going to do for this one person, well, I wish I could do for everyone. I can't, I can't do it for everyone, but I can do 
I can do something really significant for this one person. Um, the the ripple effect of that impact and and how that um, how that inspires others, how that gets paid forward, uh, starts to become pretty obvious. And and so, you know, having that that approach of saying, yeah, I'm very aware that there are lots of needs in our world. To, today, I'm going to do for one person what I, I wish I could do for everyone. You mentioned the one at a time app that your church uses. Uh, can anybody get that app and use it? And if so, how do we do that? And how do we get the book one at a time and catch up and see what you're what you're up to and stay up to date with you? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Uh, so you can get the book, uh, you know, I guess pretty much anywhere you get books. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it's, you know, how it is these days, that's changed. I guess most people just get it on Amazon, but uh, or online, but but um, if you go, I have a website, kyleidelman.com, where there's lots of free content and stuff about the uh, about that message. And, and yeah, the app is free. And I would love to encourage your listeners to uh, check it out. You know, it, it's it's really inspiring just to read stories and to see pictures of people who are committed to living this out and encouraging each other in it. Uh, it's not just for our church. It's, you know, it's used by by people uh, all over. So yeah, any any uh, app store, if you just type in one at a time, uh, it should pop up. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to visit with you guys. Thanks for having me on. And thank you so much for joining us today and for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, or if you want to listen to any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastfield.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.